0: morning all. My name is Rich, Rich Marais. This morning I was trying to check out from the hotel and the lady was serving me and trying to make sure that all the accounts are going to be settled on. She says to me, you're not from here, are ya?" I said, no, can I take a pick? Can I take a guess who you are in which country? I said, you can take a guess. It sounds like more of an Australian accent that you carry than our accent. So I come from a place called the city of Perth, a great state of Western Australia. I come from that great continent. To come into your country, it takes me 39 hours. To leave your country, it takes me another 39 hours. I love you Americans, but I do not like to be here. Um, the only reason I come over here is I get concerned about your nation. Uh, we Australians tend to have the template following whatever Americans do, we tend to do it. When the uh, Vietnam War started off in the 19, 1968 or 65, if I remember correctly, Lyndon Johnson came. Your president, Lyndon Johnson, came, and there was a cliche in, uh, cliche in Australia, all the way with LBJ. And so we have, been in, we have been with you in every war, and we've gone with you guys. For the last several years, it's been a real concern on the leadership of this country is going on. We do not know where the leadership is going. So my job is to just to come over here And to have you guys really excited who Jesus is, what Jesus could do in your personal living and how he could impact you and all the above. Your countrymen came to our country, died on our land as martyrs. And that martyr's blood has now changed our country and our nation. So when I come back over here, I do very little things. To what you guys did in my nation, it's phenomenal. Your countrymen actually slaved their guts out and saved a lot of those guys when we were together in World War II. And so there's a long tradition of Australia having this, this legacy with your nation, and your nation has got a legacy with us. So I just pray today that every single person who's come over here, that you will receive a miracle, that as your pastor said very clearly, this is a season of miracles. Not one day, not two days, but it's a complete season of it. And so can I have all of you guys to close your eyes with me bow your heads with me. I'm just going to bring a word into this. And before I bring the word, I just want to say a prayer. Father, we want to thank you. Jesus, we give you praise. Holy Ghost, ask of you right now, in the name of Jesus, God, that you are here, that your presence of your Holy Spirit is here. And we pray, we ask of you in Jesus' name, to those of you who have come here, traveled here, Miles and miles and miles, in my language, kilometers after kilometers, God, I pray, ask of you right now, none of them will leave this church, God, without getting blessed out of their cotton socks. We ask of you right now in the name of Jesus, God. Bible says to me that you're the author, the finisher of our faith, God, and if you're the author and the finisher of our faith, you will complete what you have started in our life, God. Give you thanks and praise, and all God's people say, amen and amen. First and foremost, I want to thank Pastor Izzy and Pastor Lena Jones for your senior pastor who gave me this platform to come and to be here with you guys. I think Pastor Lena Jones will remember the first time I came over to this church. I was one hour late. (laughs) And I know Pastor Lena, she has forgiven me. uh, And I I, I feel, till this day, I felt terrible. I told Sabata, please take me to your church one hour early this time. (laughs) And so I am here early. I just uh, want to make sure that was a day I, uh, that I still regret in my heart. So I want to thank Pastor Easy and Pastor Leonard Jones. I want to thank also to, to Pastor Alan Clark. And I also want to thank um, John Estes, the man who actually introduced, introduced me. He's a great man, and I've known him for some time. The last one, obviously, is Sabata and Courtney Pereira. Uh, These two cracked me up. Courtney is a very cheeky lady. <laughs> In my language, cheeky means that you can be mischievous in everything that you say. So we say cheeky. And so Courtney always has me on stitches of laughter. And so I want to thank both of them. They drive me everywhere. Wherever I go, they're always with me. I want to thank for them at this moment. So if you've got your Bible with you, and I uh, just want to bring you something very simple not too deep in. I know we want deep in every sense of the word, but sometimes going back to our foundation, to our basics, I think it keeps us in line with what God wants to do. To those of you guys who do not know me, I I didn't come to know Jesus by the fact that you know someone came and preached. I came because I had severe autism, I had OCD, I had Tourette syndrome, I had nonverbal, and I had Asperger's. So I had five conditions. And so five conditions, it tormented me for the rest of my life. And I tried to kill myself 1975, 1976, 1977, drinking cockroach poison and rat poison. Couldn't die. I'm still alive today. I'm 55 today. And out of that, I then met this great man who's called Yonggi Cho. He died about two years ago. He's gone to be with the Lord. He's a South Korean pastor. He's got a church of one million people in Seoul, Korea. This man comes in, seven days of crusade, he runs in. On the seventh day, he asked, he's asking the entire Kong. 80,000 people are packed up in this biggest soccer stadium. And at the end of it, with my, with my confused mind, I said to God, if you heal me, if I were to give my heart to you, I want you to heal me within a year. And if you heal me within a year, you have my entire life. I'll serve you for the rest of my life, and I'll give you my last breath. It was a dangerous prayer, and now I'm paying for it. (laughs) And lo and behold, I gave my heart to Jesus. The following year, 1982, 7th of June, I gave my heart to Jesus. 1983, 7th of June, in the geography class, a dark cloud passes over me. I got up in the class, and I said, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And the teacher says, you made too much noise, you are suspended for the rest of the class. And so from a, from, a, from, a, from a young lad who used to be haunted, now I've become a hunter. And so today, my life has changed. I've got, I'm married to a beautiful um, half-Australian, half-English girl. I've got two beautiful boys. Both boys are normal. They're a lot more smarter than I am, and they think that I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> um, they're teenagers. They're not easy to work with, but I'm working with them as much as I can. I have a church called LFCC, better known as Living Faith Community Church. Been in the ministry for 37 years, but in the last 17 or 18 years, I planted this church. And today, under the leadership, we've got about 780 churches around the world with 1,800 pastors under this ministry. And so over the years, we planted and planted and planted. It's just like For me, planting churches is like collecting matchboxes. And I just have got a love affair, and the love affair never, never stops. And the biggest love affair I've got is this third person of the Trinity called none other than the Holy Spirit. In the 1970s, late 70s, early 80s, there came a thing called the Charismatic Renewal Movement. I think it happened in America, but it happened a lot in Australia. And all of a sudden, people will be in the bus. People will be in the taxis. People will be doing something. The Spirit of God sovereignly will come and touch each person. And immediately, they broke out in speaking in tongues. And so out of that movement, I came out. I started to realize, started to see, gee, we've never seen who he is, what he is. So today, if you got your Bible, I just want to look at revival in our hearts, particularly the book of John, chapter chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. The book of John, chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. Bible says over here, it says here, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. It says that. And so he says about, he refers to none other than the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and can I have the next scripture? And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so some of the scriptures, when Jesus speaks, doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of a googly gook. And I think one of the things is, you know, when we start to speak about revival, I think as a corporate part of revival, most of you will agree the church has to go through revival, the church has to go through revival. I don't have any problems with it. But if you know how could the church can go through revival if the individuals do not have a revival in their hearts, and so that's the problem. You know, over the years, are, you, know, my, you know, my church will say, Pastor fast, We need revival. We need a revival." And then when I were to shake their hands, I say, "How are you?" And they'll say, "Ah," they're not happy. They are miserable souls. And then you are saying, I want a revival, I want a revival. But when that individual can't even greet you, morning, good eye, how are you? And if you can't even greet, then there's no revival in you. How do you expect the entire church of Jesus to go through revival? And so this morning, all I want to say is I want to... Touch individuals over here. Let them know that, number one, the Holy Spirit loves you. Number two, he wants, he cherishes you. Number three, he wants to partner with you. Number four, he wants to walk with you. Number five, he wants to create, as Pastor Lena said, a season of miracles. You see, miracles will come and it is always available for you. But what does and how does your intimacy with my Holy Spirit looks like? Is that consistent? Is that constant in your personal life right now? And so when we start to talk, when we start to speak, when we start to look at, you know, yeah, you know, you know, we're looking at revival in our hearts, and I don't want to touch on a corporate sector, but I want to touch in an individual sector. How are we meant to have that on a regular basis? Miracles can be done at any time, at any place. No issues, no problems. But it's your heart. It's your spirit, man. Where is it? You see, your spirit man is over here and you are in tune to the power of the Holy Spirit and is forever communicating with you or forever is speaking to you. And so even before Pastor Lena and Pastor Easy brings this touch of the power of the Holy Spirit, even before you come to church at that driveway, at that garage, at that supermarket, you would have seen revival in your heart should have started off simply because you are walking with him on a regular basis. Can I encourage you right at this moment? We all can come into a church like this and we can easily just warm up the seats and do all those things. You see, at the end of word, epicenter is not a religious institution. Epicenter, it's an institution of relationship with my Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the relationship, then this church, my church, every church becomes a ritual liturgy, a ritual ceremony. I came from religious church. Religious church is all about lighting candles up and having all those candles lighting up and somehow or other you feel and you have got this feel-good moment, I am at church. May I say right at this moment, I don't know how many of you guys, but I I was born behind the eighth ball, as I said to you, with all my confusion I had, I did not know what was going on in my own personal life. So I had this radical encounter, and out of this radical encounter, I want to see, see people's life to be set on fire for who he is, for what he is, for what he stands for. He's, no, he's, you know, he's, ne- he's, he's never been the same person that I've always known. He always changes our hearts, always changes our spirit. This is what God wants to do, you know, setting your heart ablaze by the power of the Holy Spirit. Revival in our hearts, is about walking with Him daily and having Him speaking into your life. Bible says to me, for my sheep hears my voice. And that voice, when it comes into our life right at this moment, there are some things He will say, do this, and then He will say, don't do that, do that, don't do this. And so He keeps on speaking to you, setting your hearts ablaze with the power of fire of, of the fire of the Holy Spirit. I heard Pastor Lina mentioning that number of revival services that your church is running. What a beautiful church. So I used to remember, I, and I, I, I used to, we, we run on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Friday morning. We, do, we still do revival services and people will come into all the revival services. Many years ago, I used to run a revival service on a Monday night and people will come in. But one day, this wonderful gentleman came in with his mother the mother tricked him and said to him very clearly, we're gonna go and visit your auntie. When actual fact, her heart is to bring his eldest son, eight feet tall, to this church who do not know Jesus Christ. So she tricks him, she brings him to the church at seven o'clock and the revival service, it's at 7.30 in the night. And in that church, I was the only one who was there, opened up the entire church And this eight feet tall man comes in and he says to his wife, he becomes angry, frothy, upset with all the things. he says to his mother, you have tricked me to bring me to this church. He was so angry, he was so upset. And I said to the lady, why would you want to do that? I want him to know Jesus. He comes in, he didn't want to even shake my hands. He says to me, looks at my face, he says, I really want to smash your face and I really want to break your skull, and I really want to see your brains. And I'll see, I think I had two, and I've got two, one son. At that moment, Josh was not born, Jesse was born. He was only at about two years of age. My wife often says, when you go to church, come back alive, I need you for many more years. <laughs> but on this night, he says to me, I want to break your skull. And it's just, my, it's just his mother, him, and I and this guy is eight feet tall. And the Holy Spirit says, don't I live in you? Bible says to me, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? It says that. And the Spirit of God says to me right at this moment, he says, you want revival? I said, I would love to have a revival. Could you kindly ask him to take this metal bracket chair, ask him to break your skull? I too like to see your brains. I've never seen your brains. And you also could see your own brains. He's got a play of words. He does some things, very strange things. And sometimes it's a kind of, you know, you have to obey what he does. I said, my Lord, tonight I just want to go back home in one piece. I don't want to see my skull to be broken. He said, don't worry about it. Just tell him, dare him, and tell him to break your skull. I turned around and I said to this man, John, I just think I also love to see my brains. Would you be so kind enough to take that chair right now, break my skull, I too like to see my brains. He looks at me, he says to me, and said, and then he just stood over there. I said, why aren't you not taking the chair? He said, I don't know what has happened. My entire, I want to kill you. I want to take you down. But my entire body has gone into a place of paralysis. He said, have you done a voodoo on me? I said, I don't do any voodoo. I have a relationship with my Holy Spirit. And the end of it, and he's starting to scream in this room. He said, do something, do something. I'm paralyzed. And I just turned around and I just held his hands, my Lord, please forgive him. But what does Bible says? Jesus says at the end of it, please, Father, please forgive them for they do not know what they've done to me. I said, my Lord, forgive him right now. Right at that very second, 30 seconds, every finger, every hand, every leg, everything became mobile. And he ran out of the church, never to be seen interestingly following week he comes back to the church again eight feet tall man sitting right at the back of it i was asking who wants jesus he didn't put his hands he goes back second week third week he comes back now he sits somewhere in the center of the congregation i'm preaching he's listening right at this moment i said who wants to give your heart to jesus he goes back The last week he comes, he sits where Pastor Easy and Pastor Lena is here, right in front of my face. Same man who wanted to break my skull. And at the end of it, I said, who wants Jesus? He puts two hands up, I want Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. Can I say this right now? Why do I bring this story is this. As a pastor, I can say to all of you guys, you know, we want to see a revival, we want to see a revival, but when it comes to revival in our personal hearts, revival is not only contingent within the building, but every single day, revival is happening in your hearts. This gentleman did not come to church. He wanted to come and to smash my skull. And he didn't want to have any relationship. But the only reason it happened, what had happened was, I was prepared to have the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. Have your way with me. Can right. I encourage you. God is calling you. This church is going to explode. And when it explodes, can I say this right now? You need to back up your pastors and you need to start to support these pastors. Simple reason is pastors can't do everything. We are what we, you know, we call ourselves, you know, we we are not an individual person, but rather we are a team of players. Our job is to just lead you guys and our job is to show you the love affair of what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. Second point, if you've got your Bible with you, and I want you to come with me right at this moment. And so we've seen on this, and I want to look at the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 25 to 26. And then when it comes to friends, and I say this, friends and families will be, shall be restored. May I make it very clear? Friends and families will be, shall be restored. To those of you guys, if you haven't spoken to your mom, if you haven't spoken to your dad, if you haven't spoken to your, I don't know, know, with your brother and sisters, and you have got a strange relationship, then my, my word, not my word, but the words of the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 25, so I'll restore to you to the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and it goes on, and the chewing locust, and great army which are sent among you. So you can see there are different stages of locusts can play against your life right at this moment. So the church of Jesus Christ, we come in into the church and we've got these leaders, great, marvelous leaders like Pastor Easy and Pastor Lena Jones. But they will try to speak to you and they will keep on saying to you, this is what you're meant to do, this is what you're meant to do. And I often say, when we start to look at that power of choices, they reckon, scientists reckon every single day we make about 200 powerful decisions. And then each one of those powerful decisions you make Most of the times, we want to get it right, not to get it wrong. But however, our carnal nature always gets it wrong. Would you agree with me? So the spirit nature is connected with the Holy Spirit, but the carnal nature says, no, I'm not going to be compliant. I'm going to go against the wishes of what my Holy Spirit is trying to do. So your families are precious people. They're trying to work with you, and you're trying to work with them. But in the midst of all this, we come into a church, we raise our hands up, we shout hallelujah, we bow down before God, and all the above. But by the time you get back home, your one and only brother with your biological brother, you can't even speak to him what happens? Where does the revival in our hearts are gone? The revival in our hearts is within the church, but how do we transform a community when that community is still hurting and there's still pain and agony and suffering going on? John 10:10 10, 10 says, for, uh, sorry, John chapter 16 verses 33 says, he uh, says, he shall go through tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Am I right to say, it. John 16, says that so powerfully. And then the other word is, John ten you know, ten 10 says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I, on the other hand, have given you life, life to his fullest abundance. And so the enemy comes and steals everything out of you. But one thing I need to say this to you, there is that last aspect of it, I have given you life, life to his fullest abundance. I have been in ministry for a long, long time. And I'll often say to my wife, Human misery never ceases to amaze me. Just when you think you have conquered some form of misery, there's a higher misery is waiting for you right now. I also say to my leaders, and I said, the higher the anointing, the higher the devil wants to come against you. How do you prepare yourself? How do you get this? So that's what I call a contagious laughter. This contagious laughter says in the book of Proverbs, chapter seventeen, verses twenty-two says, "A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones." You see, the Holy Spirit in us revives and have a revival in our hearts. It's a contagious laughter of the work of the Holy Spirit. You're like a jelly bean injected with steroids. Never, ever stop. Every single day, you will work and work and work. And why do we do this? Simply because I'm not a workaholic. I look at my calling as not a work. I look at my calling as not an occupation. I look at my calling not as a retirement plan, but I look at my calling as a noble call of God. And that noble call of God, no matter how many hours you put in, you're not asking for extra overtime payment because your extra overtime payment is waiting in heaven. And so when you serve the Almighty God, He looks after you in every single department of your life. Revival in our hearts. How do we see families to be restored? How do we see our friendships with our friends to be restored? be just yourself naturally as who god has appointed you don't have to become someone like high and mighty and try to be super sphero you know what super sphero super spiritual so we aussies will say are you trying to become super sphero be normal when god is speaking be normal I I, I I we planted a lot of churches around the world Pentecostals are very famous for being swinging chandeliers. And then the other part of it, we Aussies will say, Pentecostal churches produces loads of fruitcakes, or fruitcake And so when people are wanting to know us, wanting to speak to us, we are not speaking like, a, like the normal person to hear us. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, and they think that you've lost your marbles. Can I say this? Just be normal. If you're meant to go and watch a movie, enjoy the movie. If the person says, what a beautiful weather, say, yeah, it is a beautiful weather. I am only touching and going back to the basics. That's all I'm trying to do. Revival in our hearts. You don't have to become super spiritual. But in the midst of all this, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad is able to hear all the things God is speaking. In my congregation, one Tuesday morning, half past ten, loads of people have turned up, rocked up. There was a lady who came up, and I just prayed. And I just said, someone hasn't spoken to you for a long time. That person is about to call you up, and when that person calls you up, I said to her, please be normal. <laughs> that person was offended with me. She was part happy, part offended with me. And so as soon as I prayed at the altar, she's going up towards at the end of the church and walking. Someone calls up over the phone within two minutes after the prayer. Someone calls up, <laughs> and she quickly goes up up the limestone and at the back And that someone says, hi, mom, how are you? The daughter hasn't spoken to the mother for 40 years. 40 years later, the daughter is speaking and saying, I'm so sorry, everything which I said, everything that I did against you, I'm asking of you to forgive me. She came running at the altar. She said, two minutes ago, I got offended by your prayer when you said, be normal. And two minutes later, my, wa- my daughter calls up. I said, how did you behave? Very normal. I said, don't pour the Holy Spirit language. Don't pour the Jesus language. Don't pour the Father language. Just be a mother for once. Hear a heart. After hearing the heart, then you could say, could I kindly pray with you? Could I kindly lift you up? Is there any request you want me to carry? Are you okay for finances? Are you okay with your husband? Can I see the grandchildren? Spend the time with the grandchildren taking somewhere, a place that you could enjoy. Just do the normal things that you are meant to enjoy in the presence of your people. That, my friend, is what we call revival in our hearts. We walk on a regular basis, on a practical way. In the Spirit of God will often say, your people are forever, criti- demons will often come and say to me, your people are forever criticizing me, Rage. I said, what do you mean? Well, we are not the architect of their destruction. They have been basically self-destructing in their own ways. So sometimes our carnal nature becomes, and you, know, you, know, you know, what do we say back in Australia? We say, you and I can become our own worst enemy. Right. Can I say this? God is calling you for a bigger purpose. Yeah, yes. If God calls you for a bigger purpose, then may I say this? God is God, the Holy Spirit. One of the first revival needs to start is within your home. Yeah. You see, one of the things is, we pastors can come and teach and preach and get you excited. But we have got another big work. After this this congregation, we go back to our wives, we go back to our husband, and we go back to our children. And it's never easy to minister the gospel with them. Because they know. They know you're grumpy. They know you're angry. They know you're upset. They know every character flaw you've got. How are you meant to lead? I remembered recently, my eldest son comes up to me, and he says to me, Dad, I want you to buy for me an iPhone. I said, how much is this iPhone is gonna cost? A thousand bucks, I'm quite sure you got a lot of money, he says to me. I said, it's, it's, I don't have any issue not buying an iPhone, but I don't, I don't think so as a 14 year old kid, you need to have an iPhone. And he says, well, 99% of my entire classroom has got an iPhone for them. I said, that's wonderful. I said, what do you want? I just want to be stay in connected with my mother. And we said, I, said, I said, don't give me this baloney. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I can minister to all of you guys. How do you, how do you minister a 14-year-old kid, and he thinks he's smarter than I am, and his, his, wings, are, his wings are growing up. Every so often, the father brings the scissors and cuts the wings off. <laughs> And my wife, to those of you guys who do not know, she's a clinical psychologist. And she is she has been a, uh, she's a clean psych for the last 30 years. I said to my wife, my love, have you got the tools in the bag? And have you used the tools in the bag to say what you need to say about not having this mobile phone, or you guys call it the cell phone? She said, I'm out of, I'm out of tools from my bag. I do not know what to do. And then he sits down, he says, he argues, he puts a good thesis debate and argument <laughs> And I said, this is the hardest part of it. You want to win him. You want to have him the Holy Spirit. You want to have all those things. I said, my Lord, please do something. He says to me very gently, you know, none of this, you know, you know, being, you know, really being a fruitcake. Just, and he says, close your eyes, will you? I said, I just close your eyes. And I just closed my eyes. And you know, immediately, God takes me into a picture. And in that picture, last Tuesday, I see 30 young lads, 14-year-old kids, in the middle of an oval of a soccer pitch and one person has got a mobile phone or cell phone, 30 kids are watching. I said, I turned around to Jesse. He says, Jesse says to me, so what's your answer? I said, okay, I'll buy the phone for you, but you need to answer me one particular question and I have gotta ask you. Your dad has got a very peculiar question. Last Tuesday, half past two, in the middle of the soccer pitch 30 young lads of your age have one young man watching a mobile phone. Could you kindly highlight to me what's going on? (coughs) He turns around and said, they were watching Pornhub. He said, were you there, Dad? I said, no, I was not there. But my Holy Spirit tells me this is what's happening, happening. He looks at me, he says to me, I suppose I know the answer now to it. I said, what's the answer? The answer would be no from my father, not buying this mobile phone anymore. So he says to me, when will I get this cell phone? At the age of 21. That's, that's shocking. That's from me. And now he's no longer. And now he gets into my car. Whenever he gets into my car, if he's done something wrong in the school, he says, before the Holy Spirit tells you, <laughs> let me tell you. And then he said to me, I suppose when I find a girl and if I, when I fall in love, I better come and tell you, huh, first. Because you'll find out what's the sort of girl it is. And so I don't preach. I don't teach. I am a you know, The word larrikin doesn't exist a lot. Larrikin means a young man uncut, unkept, but he's full of pranksters. That's who I am. I do a lot of larrikinism in my church. In summer, I don't wear long pants. In summer, I'll wear shorts. And I've got about 90 Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> so my entire church knows. Every three-month summer, there will be Hawaiian shirts, and there will be shorts, and there will be boat shoes. That's how I preach, and that's how I move in my church. And so I've always been a larrikin. And in the midst of all this, he says to me, and I, so, I, so, so I'm never, never serious with them. I will ne- I'll never preach, I'll never teach. I want them to chase after the heart of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so now when I sit down, in the, you know, you know, sit down in the lounge, or when I do something, about both of them will say, what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, dad? Both boys will come. What is in the mind of the Holy Spirit? Before we stuff it up, before we do something stupid, before we do something wrong, could you please ask the Holy Spirit what is in his mind? You win your family not shouting, not yelling, not you know, not, you know don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. They will walk away from God. But if you were to lead in a place of quietness, in a strength of the Holy Spirit, your children will start to run after the heart of the Holy Spirit. So the elders had recently decided, and he says, Dad, I want to become a pastor of a church. I said, are you sure? He said, I'm very sure because I am falling in love with the Spirit of God. I don't teach. I don't preach. I don't do anything. So ministering to, to, you know, to your family members is not easy. That, my friend, is what I call revival in in our hearts. You see, before revival comes into your church, the family, the family you come, they have already receiving revival, and they see that revival, and they come out, and then they'll start to teach, they'll start to preach, and then they start to realize who God is, what God can do. Third point, if you've got your Bible with you. I want you to come with me very quickly. I'll finish right now. And I call it this right at this moment. A whole community is being visited. The book of Exodus chapter 13, verses 21. The book of Exodus chapter 13, verses 21. As the Lord went before them by by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way by night in the pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. 2.1 2.1 million people, many biblical professors reckon something like 2.1 million or 2 million people, God, God was leading through Moses and getting them out of, of the place of Egypt and trying to enter into the promised land. But the way that the Spirit of God has been dealing here right now, signs and wonders and miracles. I like Lena saying, we are in the place of season of miracles. And if you are, and that is a prophetic word from Pastor Lena, out of the work of the Holy Spirit, and if, there, if, this is going to be, if, if that is the case, a whole community is being united. Only God, the Spirit of God, could do that. And how does He do it? He starts to show who He is, what He is, what He's capable of doing right at this moment. Can I encourage you right now, there's strength in unity, there's strength in Restoration. There is strength in the power of agreement. Bible says to me, where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of thee. There's a community of agreement. Within the community of agreement, Pastor Easy and Pastor Lena are here. They have agreed with the Holy Spirit. Now the entire church needs to agree with the leadership what God has called them for this place. You see, a church can't run on its own. The church needs to run as like a team of soccer players. The book of John, no, the book of Matthew says, he he says, Jesus asks young Peter and says, who do you think I am? And Peter says, I believe you are the son of man and you are the Messiah. Jesus then reciprocates that by saying, surely this is not, you know, your your flesh and blood hasn't revealed to you, but my Father in heaven has, has revealed to you. And after that, he makes another statement. He says, Peter, on this rock, I shall build my church, and the gates of Hades will not, shall not prevail against it. We are in that place. People often ask me, how far away is God going to come to us? How far away rapture is going to take place? How far away the second coming of Jesus is going to take place? I do not know. I do not know. But all the signs and all the indicators are saying, we are very close. But in the closeness of it, while God is doing what he's doing right now, don't focus on that, but focus on winning brand new souls for the kingdom of God. You see, this church is actually an, a hub to catch as many souls as you can. You see, this walls needs to be broken. This building should be expanded. There should be, and there ought to be, more people because the leadership is fantastic. But sometimes, in our own hearts, as we are individuals, we become very stagnated. In the stagnation of it, what we will find, we might not be able to see miracles. Pastor and Pastor Easy will receive miracle after miracle after miracle. But what about all those of you guys who are individuals? Are you receiving miracles? And that's where that scripture that I pull it off and I try to highlight to you right now, God is working through Moses in spite of the whinging and the complaining of all the people, God is still working. And the Lord went before them by day in pillar of cloud to lead them and the scripture goes on. But right at this moment, they are traveling on the coats of Moses' anointing. You are now traveling under the coats of Pastor Easy and Pastor Linus anointing they will lead you but beyond that there will be a time there will be a season you then have to grow in your own rights and they are feeding you they're looking after you but then you then have to take the mantle of your mantle of being a Levite mantle of being a priest in your own house and that is not easy at the end of it, you and I have been asked and been challenged over and over again. And that's why God, the Holy Spirit, comes. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, we find how the Spirit of God comes and He emboldens. And let's look at Peter. Peter, on the day when Jesus was arrested, and when and Jesus prophesies, he says, Before the rooster crows, you would have denied me three times. And it happened, and he denies. He denies Jesus. I oh, know I do not know Jesus. But the same Peter, though, changes after the impartation of the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God came in, tongues of fire came in. Scripture says on that day, boldly before the entire crowd, he starts to speak about Jesus. Bible records for me, 3,000 strong crowd was added to the, to the church of Jesus Christ. You see what I'm trying to say that to you? We all are weak vessels including myself. We all are weak vessels. Because of the weak vessels, Jesus sends the third person of the Trinity, none other than the Holy Spirit. Have you ever realized why the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, you know, touched your feet? Why didn't he touch your thighs? Why didn't he touch your, you know, he touches one major component of your organ, your tongue. Bible says to me, life and death is in the power of tongue. So we are very good in, you know, in throwing idle comments. We are very good in cussing a person. We are very good in cursing a person. And we love doing it. So the first organ that the Holy Spirit touches, it's your tongue. He wants to reform. He wants to change the place that we live in, the world we live in. We change entirely by the inspiration of the power of the Holy Spirit from your own tongue. You see, may I say this right now? Miracles are on your way. As Lena prophesied, miracles are on your way. But are you speaking those words that has been given to you? Or are you using idle words and throwing every, you know, this bomb, that bomb, that bomb, this bombs? A lady came up in my church, somewhere at the back. Hi, Everett. Everett is sitting right at the back. Somewhere Everett was sitting And this young lady comes in 23, 24 years of age. She comes and she sits over there. And as I was preaching and she stands up, she says, I hate you, I hate your preaching, I hate your sermon. It was a Friday morning service. She sits down comfortably. And then I'm preaching, I'm teaching. She gets up again and she says to me, right in front of the entire congregation, you're a nasty person, you're a piece of work. I, hear, I do not like you. Blah, 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 blah. The entire congregation is watching. I put up with the nonsense. She sits down and she becomes very holy and thou. Third time, she rises up and then she starts to cuss me with F-bombs right in front of an active service on a Friday morning service. The Holy Spirit says to me, I think I had enough. He says to me, I had enough. I don't know about you, but I had enough. He says to me, stretch your hands and say something. I said, what do you want me to say? Rebuke her right at this moment. I said, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. I rebuke the spirit, which is cussing me, which is cussing the Holy Spirit. Now, rebuke them in Jesus' name. The power of God came in and threw her on the ground and she was on the ground for the next 45 minutes. Then he says, continue now to speak. Now you've got no more, no longer you have got anyone disrupting you. After the meeting, she came up and she gave her heart to Jesus Christ as a Lord and personal Savior. <clears throat> you see what I'm trying to say? Your tongue. The Holy Spirit gave you your tongue and the Holy Spirit baptizes your tongue. He did not baptize your eyes. He did not baptize your brains. He did not baptize your mind. He did not baptize your legs or your feet or your fingers. He baptizes your tongue. He did not touch any other organ except your tongue. With your tongue, you do a lot of nasty things. That includes me as well. And so I can say a lot of things. It's like a, you know this story. I remember little Tommy gets into the car and mom is driving the, the car and Tommy keeps on putting his head outside of the window over and over and over again. And, and, and mom says, Tommy, this is the last chance. Put your head in and do not put your head out. Put your head in right now. Tommy says in his heart, I might be having my head in, but in my heart, my head is still sticking outside the window. You see, how, you see how we are? We have got our own language, our own lingo, how we operate, how we function. So there's a kind of a rebelliousness in us. We would love to control our own destiny. And you, are, you and I are the masters of our destiny. And, Jesus and the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 you're not the masters of your destiny. I am your master of your destiny. So if he is the master of destiny, then it takes precedence because there's a revival in your heart, revival in your spirit. Can I quickly finish this off? If you've got your Bible with you, come with me into the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 16 Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 19, a power of evil being defeated. The next part of it, when we, when, you know, when we do revive, when God, the Holy Spirit, revive our hearts, revive to do something powerful, there's often what you will say, you know, as you get closer to the Holy Spirit, there are some interesting, unforeseen circumstances works against you because you're getting closer to the Holy Spirit. So Bible says, now it happened, listen very clearly, now it happened as we went, went to prayer. The enemy does not like you to go to prayer. As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And, and, and this girl followed Paul and us, cried out saying, this man are servants of the most high God who proclaimed, us, who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, he did not say to the woman, he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her, and he came out that very hour. Amazing enough. Once the baptism of the speaking of tongues takes place, your language changes, your tongue is coated with the seasoning of grace, seasoning of mercy, seasoning of thanksgiving. Once that takes place, the next part of it, as you're going hunky-dory with the Holy Spirit, you then start to rattle the camp of the devil. And when you start to rattle the camp of the devil, you are having this power of the Holy Spirit working with you. But unfortunately, now you have been blocked in every sense of the word. If a blocking is going to take place against your life, may I say this to you right now, you are about to get promoted very soon. You see, a lot of people find when the enemy comes against you, you will find it as a nuisance. But God, the Holy Spirit says, this is another way of defeating the enemy because around the corner, there's another promotion is waiting for you. you. see, the other thing I find in the church of Jesus Christ, we have got our theology mixed up. The moment enemy comes, we start to pull back and retract back and they'll say, let me wait until God looks after everything and let, me let him get everything right and then I will go and serve God. That's a wrong way. You see, you need to realize and understand that the enemy needs to see you. When you go into his camp, he's running 10 miles away from you. You are meant to be a fear to him. He is not meant to be a fear in us. The God who's in us, he's a more than an overcomer. But we are not. On, a, on, a, on different, different levels, we are often in a place of being really pulling ourselves. I remembered some years ago, I kept on ministering, in the city of Perth, city of Perth is very famous for clairvoyants, psychics, uh, witches and warlocks. We are very famous for that. And so as I keep on ministering in different different ministries, a bunch of witches, warlocks and clairvoyants came and they said to me, you are bankrupting us. I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I was genuine, I was not sarcastic about it. I, I just said, I'm so sorry to hear that I'm bankrupting your business. But they came out and they started to have a, you know, have, you, know, ha, you know, started to have a chat. And they said, we will do everything and anything to stop you in your tracks. And we will make sure we will finish your ministry. I said, I'm so sorry that this is how you're feeling about it. And then the Spirit of God says to me, tell this lady, this witch, tell this warlock this, tell this lady this, tell this warlock. And I just started to just pray. And they looked at me, they turned around, they said to me, you're not fearful of us at all. I said, no. How do you know all the things that my son is going through? How do you know all the daughter, my daughters is going through? What makes you and what gives you the revelation? I said, you must know this. He said, then they said to me, you see, when we get information from our kingdom, which is the kingdom of the enemy, they can, they can only give us beyond, they can only give us limited information. I said, what do you mean? They say when we tap in into the realm of the kingdom of darkness, there's a veil behind that veil we can't see. It looks like you can actually go behind that veil and this person you call Jesus, he's giving you all this information. Some of these warlocks and witches have given their hearts to Jesus. Today, they're working full-time pastors. Can I say this right now? Why am I trying to say this is just me walking ordinarily, not as a church, but me outside, stepping outside of the comfort of my four walls. And I meet these people. They come, they sit down, they talk to me. They let me know how they feel. They let me know their frustrations. But in the simplicity of the Spirit of God, you just say what you need to say. The rest of it, God conquers it all. Revival in our hearts. Revival in our spirits. That you need to see what God could do last point or the second last one come with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5 verses 25 I call it under the command of the Holy Spirit Galatians chapter 5 was if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit Do you like that if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit can I have the last scripture If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. The last one, Romans chapter nine, verses 21. Does the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor, another vessel for dishonor? Every single person in this place, you are a honorable vessel. And you're a honorable vessel because God is the maker of this clay. You and I represent this clay and he wants to, He wants to remodel us. The only reason is he has got this love affair in winning souls for the kingdom of God. I'm an evangelist, but I feel trapped as being a pastor in my own church. I do tell my church all the time, I feel trapped being a pastor because at the end of it, my heart is to see men and women to give their hearts to Jesus Christ. Today, you are that vessel. Today, God is the porter and he's trying to remold you. Why? Because he wants you to walk in the realm of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. There are many parts of the world, people become very uncomfortable when you start to speak about the Holy Spirit. When you come to my town, there is a port called the Port of Fremantle. In the Port of Fremantle, there's a prison which was built by the Brits 120 years ago. Because as you know, the Australians or Aussies are, you know are, we are a bunch of convicts more than anything else. Because the Brits, through every single person, truckloads of them came as a penal colony, which you believe the entire continent is made of penal colony convicts. And so in the midst of all this, and so we are famous for, you know we had the first church in Sydney when they built it and they burnt it down because they hate Jesus. So that's a continent I come from. I know my history very well. I've been ministering among Aussies for many, many years. They tell me all the stories. And so in the midst of all this, there's this prison in, in the port of Fremantle. Every night you pay 45 bucks to go and to hear all the ex-prisoners who no longer live, but their spirits are there, familiar spirits are there. They will talk and to you. And Aussies will pay that for $45. Why? To get yourself... You know, to be, in, to be scared, the living daylights out of you. But when I asked them, would you want to come to church? Oh, no, 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 no. I can't come to church. Bible says, right, Jesus is also a spirit. Am I right to say that? But they're willing to go to a haunted prison. They're willing to go to a haunted house because they want to hear what the spirit says. But when it comes to Jesus, no. It's a very, you know, it's a country which is a powerful country, but it's a country of full of, you know, mistrust more than anything else. So we are humans, am I right to say? As humans as we are, there are times there are places we do not find. How does this Holy Spirit works among us? I, just want, to, I want to, just want to tell you right at this moment. I want to introduce to the realm of faith. If you do not know Jesus, today will be the best place to do it. All eyes are closed. All head is barred. I'm just going to say a prayer. And after that, I'm going to bring an altar call. And then I'm just going to finish this. And I'm going to give this mic to Pastor Lena Jones in her hands. And then after that, we'll see how we go. Father, we thank, thank you. Jesus, we give you praise. Holy Ghost, ask of you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, you'll go before your people. And you'll run ahead of this people. And you'll set this people in the realm of the presence of the Almighty God. And today we come in your precious name, God. We ask of you right now, to those of you guys who do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, and you are here for the first time, you are saying, I want to be in the kingdom. Very simple. It's a simple little criteria. For him to do a miracle in your life, you need to let him to live in your heart as a resident. That's all he asks. If there's anyone who's over here, he came three, over two over two thousand years ago. Came onto this earth, walked with the walked with his people for 33 years. At the end of the 33rd year of his life, he was crucified on the cross of Calvary. And on the third day, he was uh, on a third day he rises in the in the form of resurrection. He in he appears to his entire disciples, and then he starts to go. And Bible says today he sits on the right hand side of the Father, interceding for you and I. That Jesus is here today, right now, in this church. If you are saying, I've never given my heart to Jesus, this is the first time I'm doing, can I ask of you to put your hands up, your left hand or your right hand, for the first time, you are saying, I want Jesus for the first time. Is there anyone, anyone, anyone? Very quickly, put your left hand or your right hand up in the air, and you are saying, I want Jesus. Is there anyone over here? One hand has gone up. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Two hands has gone up. Second hand has gone up. Is there any other one? Two hands has gone up. Is there any other one? Any other one? Two persons have given their hearts to Jesus. Is there anyone? If there's none at this moment, I want you to then say this prayer like a family. And so repeat this prayer after me. Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross. And today I recognize myself that I'm a sinner. But out of those sins, I repent from that. And now, you've accepted me as your son and daughter. And today, I have been made clean. I've accepted you as my Lord and personal Savior. My name has been written in the book of life. You will now recite in me for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, amen. Thank you. That person, you see that lady in the black, Yes, come, come in the front for me, please. Thank you. Courtney, come, come stand here, sir. Come, stand here. Appreciate this. Turn around like this, like this. Courtney, put your hands around her shoulders. Ah, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. This morning at one o'clock, I haven't slept for a long, long time. The Holy Spirit appears to me at the uh, end of my uh, bed. And the Spirit of God said to me, when you come to this church, there'll be a lady who'll be wearing a black top and a black pants. When you see her, tell her I've got something for her. And so I want to pray today in Jesus' name that stretch your hands towards this young lady. And I pray and ask of God in the name of Jesus. Sweetie, I'm so sorry your trials has been rather difficult in the last number of seasons you've gone through. And you feel the situation you've been going, it's been completely hopeless. Bible says to me in the book of Romans chapter 5, verses 5, it says, now there is hope. Hope is not there to disappoint you. And then the book of Proverbs, it says, when hope differs, makes your heart sick and that heart has gone through a difficult moment. You are one in a million. If there was another lady in the shoes, they would have never survived. You are a survivor yesterday. You are a survivor today. You are a survivor tomorrow. God says to me, Within the, before the end of this year, I'm gonna change your entire dynamics of your household. I pray and I ask of God in the name of Jesus. I don't know you, I've never seen you. But it seems like Daniel chapter two, verses 28 says, there is a God in heaven. Everything he sees, it becomes naked in his eyes. He seems to know you extremely well, so much so he rocks up in my room, he said to me, you'll pick her up and you'll tell all these things I've got. You are very good, you are sitting down, minding your own business, having your poker face, But God says to me, within this poker face, I'm doing a deeper work in this daughter's life right now. To those who rejected you, to those who abandoned you, to those who betrayed you, to those who cheated you, to those who robbed you, to those who left you, to those who walked you, today I just wanna say, you have just have three more people added into your life. Father God, my son Jesus, and the third person, God, the Holy Spirit, will come before your life right now. Touch! Now, Rex, in Jesus' name right now, I pray, ask of God, in the name of Jesus, right at this moment, a spirit of oppression, a spirit of oppression, no, have a seat, have a seat, a spirit of oppression, leaves in Jesus' name, out in Jesus' name. I pray, and ask of God, let this be broken. Never again the spirit of oppression will be, shall be, upon on this daughter's life. Breaks in Jesus' name. Ah, one more time. You're doing well, sweetie? You're doing well, sweetie? One more time. Max, in Jesus' name right now. You are now set free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen (laughs) and amen. I'm going to give my mic to Pastor Lena. I've been told that we have to leave this building by 1240. But we have time. Okay. I'm still going to give. And however Pastor Lena wants me to do, I will do it for you guys. But can I thank you for your... Uh, for your attention. Thank you for your time. Really am grateful to you guys. God bless y'all.
1: Thank you, Lord. I want to take a moment and just take up a special offering for Reg. I appreciate your coming. He's not through ministering yet, but we um, wanted to be able to dismiss those who need to leave at this time, but we will continue ministry for those of you for a little bit, for those of you that can stay. So right now, um, when you make an offering, please just indicate on your check or on your envelope with cash, or even on your online giving, that it's for Reg, just put R-E-G, and this will go straight to him. And so we wanna be able to bless him with an offering as he ministers from place to place. I'm sure when he goes places like the kids with autism and these various conditions, they're not bringing an offering in for that. And so we wanna send him without financial hardship wherever God calls him to go. So please be generous in your giving, and um, we'll take a minute in person. You can do it with the envelope or cash. Uh, the the check or cash, cash app, dollar sign epicenter life, include the word life or it does not go to this church, Uh, put reg on it and then online text give to the phone number up there and follow the prompts. Um, Carol is the one who came up and told me, Pastor Lena, I believe the Lord has spoken to me clearly that we are entering a season of miracles. And so Carol, thank you for your obedience. Um, Most of the time if Carol has a word, she'll give it herself. And for the first time she told me and God was on that, and so this is a season of miracles, and so right now, he might have a miracle for you in one form or another, and just open your heart. If you need to leave, you are free to go, and um, please just feel free to go on. Just go quietly, but if you'd like to stay for a bit, we'll just let Reg see what the Holy Spirit is doing.
0: Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Pastor. To those of you guys who want to come up in the front, please come up for prayer. Uh, To those of you, like Pastor Lena said, If you wanna exit, if you wanna leave this place, you're most welcome to leave this place. But those of you guys wanna come up, please come up in the front. Other than that, life goes on and enjoy your people, enjoy your parents, enjoy your brothers and your sisters, and just be normal, that's all I'm asking. If you guys could do that for me, I'd be grateful and thankful. Thank you guys, thank you, thank you.